0: to the Mr. Warren Hayes show special edition that I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks because guess what it is G1 season G1 the G1 for New Japan Pro Wrestling it's always an exciting time you know it's always a good time for people who are you know really into tournament wrestling and who really enjoy you know the the sport aspect of professional wrestling you know the as opposed to the entertainment part of it, you know. Um this I mean this is this is it. This is where New Japan consistently uh delivers some of its best matches of the year. Some of the most exciting times. And then you get a really good feel for what's going to happen leading into the last few months of the year as we head into Wrestle Kingdom, which is going to be which is always, I should say. Well, you know, at least for the past what 16 years now. We're up to 16, Wrestle Kingdoms? Uh, Yeah, as it stands right now, this is like, uh, you know, this is, at least for the past 15 or 16 years, I don't know, I think we're at 16. It's the uh, the most exciting time to get into, uh, uh, it's the most exciting time to get into it. And it's also, you know, a good way to see what's going to happen. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you all. Like I, I I love new Japan because it hits in all the right places like in every place but I was really I was really sitting around contemplating and thinking you know should I do should I do a a a new Japan G1 climax 31 thing at all this year I was really wondering I was asking myself should I should I even invest any time into it because I found the product this year to be particularly rough let's put it that way I and to no fault of the talent was involved in New Japan no COVID in and about itself has made uh you know with the restrictions and everything has made New Japan so incredibly difficult to watch with the very silent crowds and then I I'm still baffled, you know, with these dome shows that can sit, you know, see twenty thousand people, and you're sitting down two thousand people. Just everything sounds so cavernous and empty. And then with the restrictions, and yeah, on top of the restrictions, I should say, then you know, then you get talent getting sick, disappearing. And There's a lot of stuff I was looking forward to in New Japan this year that just turned out to be snake bitten. they they really had trouble getting any type of consistency and you know to 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 a certain degree uh there's a lot of happenstance and circumstance right right now but uh but as it goes as it as it keeps on going you're like well you know they're they're also taking making some very strange decisions, which is not necessarily helping the experience, like the dome shows, for instance. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a fair shake, because it, it is it is the G one, right? This is really the time of year where you, this is really the moment of the year where everyone who's you know who's been going around and building their their top shows of the top matches of the year you know their you know their match of the year lists that's what I'm trying to say here You know, it, all of them have been all of us I'm gonna include myself in there You know, get their excel sheets open and they're writing them down oh this match this match everyone really everyone always hesitates to 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 pronounce themselves on something fantastic right up until the g1 is done this is where we are right now so when I decided to do it, I decided to do it before night one started. I was like, look, I'm going to do it. I'm absolutely going to do it. I uh, I committed to it in my mind. And then I watched night one, block A, night two of block B. And you know what? I, and I'm like, I'm really glad I decided to do it. I'm really glad I decided to do it. Because uh, straight out the gate, both nights have been extremely extremely entertaining good stuff good shows easy watches and that's always a good that's a plus right there as you get about like it's what it's about a a a three-hour chunk of time that you can easily boil down into an a breezy two-hour maybe an hour and three quarter two hour watch something like that even like if you take away you know all the if you just um, fast forward to the shows to the matches excuse me the G1 matches it's a I think it's been good like the the kickoff to the G1 this year has been very very good and 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 a good omen because if it was the otherwise if it was uh, anything else I should say uh I wouldn't be here so enthusiastic. I'd be like, ah, oh, you know, clap crowds and No, it's actually been very it it it's an extremely good kickoff to uh to the shows. So hopefully they can ma- maintain that uh that momentum, but as it stands right now, look, if you want to get into it, I I am definitely not going to stop you. That is for absolutely sure. But uh, you know what else? I'm not going to stop you from doing liking this video if you're watching it right now, right here on uh, YouTube.com/slash/MrWarrenHates, because that's that, that always helps. That's always a good time and always super appreciated. Thank you very much if you're about to do it, and if you're for it's your first time here. Well, you no, know, consider a subscription. Hang around, see if I see if I can des- if I can own your subscription. If I if I can deserve it. If I deserve it. If do I deserve your your subscription because you know your time is precious so is mine notifications everywhere I like to feel like I earn my relationship my 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 well like my I earn my relationships but my subscriptions as well if you want to do it right now go right ahead but I'll be doing this recap I'll be doing it every two shows you know instead of doing like one for block a one for block B I'm like you know what I'm going to go once both blocks have one canned uh, have have a show canned then I'll I'll do it. So I'm doing uh, nights one and two. Then I'll do nights three and four, five and six, so on and so forth. I'm excited. I love the G1 season. It's just New Japan has been rough. It's just been a tough watch, but I really, really love the G1. I can't, I, I, and you know, it, it's a weird one if anyone wants to get into New Japan this year, just because the setup and the crowds are so uh unlike what they used to be it's it's so unusual but i hope we can all get together and enjoy it or at least you know get some uh get some thoughts some recaps of the show let's go right ahead let's start talking about it let's let's start with uh the g1 climax night third uh, night one G1 Climax 31, I was going to say Night 31. I'm I'm comp- I'm all over the place right now. Maybe I'm more excited to talk about the G1 than I realized. <laughs> the G1 uh, Block A kicked things off on Night 1, which was October 18, just a couple of, just yesterday. I was going to say a couple of days ago. It's just yesterday. Um, Arguably the stronger block, uh, group of the two this is the one that has most people's attention captivated um this is the one that we're most excited to take a look at and see how things are going um but um and uh and with reason i mean if you look at the uh if you look at the uh at the brackets which are available you know which you can see right here on screen if you're watching this right now on on youtube.com You'll see, look, we've we've got the likes of Kota Ibushi in this, Tetsuya Naito. We've got uh, Shingo Tagaki as well, Zack Sabre Jr., Tommy Ishii, like it's a, it's a, it's a big, it's, it, it, this one has really the big names. Kenta has a lot of big capable names in here, whereas Block B comes off as a little weaker. Sure, you've got the Tanahashi's and Okada's in here. You've got Jeff Cobb, who uh, who is going to be something special. Uh, be sure of that. Um, but yeah, this is definitely going to be something. Uh, this is definitely going to be something unique that we are going to be seeing here today. I got a little. Confusion issue here, but I wanted to say a big thank you to Nick Wolf for the super chat. Thank you very much, Nick. Says bring me, bring me back, Warren. Thank you for the recap. Thank you, sir. I'm assuming you haven't been watching, which is understandable. <laughs> like I like I said, I can't blame anyone for for not being into watching uh, the G1 this year because it's it's a little it's a little on the rough side. But thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. Hopefully, I can get you back in. Let's get to it. First night of uh, of the uh, climax. I, I, I'm and I'm not going to talk about the opening matches, just for brevity's sake, because I know how I can get. Um, but uh, I, I will say this: shows show has been in the openers. He's been fantastic, absolutely fantastic, great reinvention of our boy show. Formerly of Roppongi 3K, absolute gr- brilliant stuff so far. So let's get to it. Um, we got uh, Kota Ibushi opening this up against Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo pimp. And I'm like, as this one starts, I'm like, woof! In front of the in front of the smaller crowds, the silent crowds. Yujiro, and Ibushi, I'm like, man, this is gonna, this is gonna stink, and, you know, uh, you know, from the get-go, you know, you get, like, Marty Asani, who is, uh, you know, unquestionably the worst referee in professional wrestling, I, I really do believe that, like, the guy, you know, a lot, of, I know a lot of people give red shoes some grief, but Marty Asani, man, he's on a, he's, um, he's on another level. Marty Asani, he gets tricked into checking out, uh, Peter, who is with, um, who is with, uh, Ujiro. Uh, as he and Ibushi are on the outside fi- fighting and he chokes out, uh, he chokes out Ibu with his uh, pimp stick. <laughs> Can you imagine you're still running, still running a pimp gimmick? in 2021 that that that's commitment if anything um ibushi goes for the hits you know he nails he goes for the striking combo the rana uh he goes for the golden triangle it gets interrupted though uh he um uh, he goes for a kamagoye it's avoided ibushi actually almost runs into the ref which allows uh for a low blow Yujiro does a pimp juice, Ibushi kicks out. And uh, then, but uh, a little later on, Yujiro pulls out the big juice as opposed to the pimp juice, which is a fun, like a front face slam maneuver. And he beats Kota Ibushi on the first night. And this is as clean a a win as you will get as far as, well, look, as far as Yujiro goes these days these days these years um I mean it's just that right off the gate a surprise upset Yujiro getting one over Kota Ibushi uh um three-time G1 finalist back-to-back winner and here he is now I had talked about well, for okay, I, uh, yeah, I'll start. I'll start by talking about Ibushi. Uh, I talked about this on 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 the mainstream, previewing the upcoming G One. I was like, yeah, Ibushi at Wrestle Grand Slam lost to Hiroshi Tanahashi. It was his. It was Ibushi's match back since the this this mysterious disease that 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 he got or whatever reason that that took him out. This was his. It, it was his comeback. Returns with Tanahashi, they have a good match. Um, You know, not surprising there. Um, But, uh, you know, I I felt like part of the story of the match that they were telling there was that, you know, Ibushi maybe wasn't 100%. And I feel like this was the story that they were going to lean on going into the G1 in general, saying that Ibushi was, is not quite kodebushi like he you know he he won the world championship right or at least the 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 double belts Uh, immediately lost the iwgp world heavyweight championship after being inaugurated after being presented as its first champion he loses it on his first defense he's out sick some pneumonia or whatever it was It, it was something serious that's for sure and then comes and then comes back fights Hiroshi Tanahashi a guy that he's competed against was friends with and who Tanahashi was always there to sort of elevate him and saying now you have to be a god you remember that whole bit when they were the golden aces as a tag team Is like I'm going to elevate you so that you become a god we, we're not ha- we, we we're not seeing god Kota Ibushi here I think the story they're telling here is that is that Ibushi is coming into this G1 unprepared he's not ready it's it's not he's it's not this top guy that we're used to flip over to Yujiro. so so you flip over to this match and you're like yeah for sure if he's losing to Yujiro out the gate then hell yeah there's there's a problem here something's not something's not quite right And as far as Yujiro goes, well, again, this is something that I talked about on the main podcast. There've been multiple reports uh, to the effect that Yujiro, uh, being a part of the House of Torture Bullet Club sub-faction, right? The one that was just started recently by Evil, has Dick Togo and Sho as well in there as members. The reports coming out is that New Japan really wants to push the House of, torture and make them uh, like to turn them into a viable like main event threat um and uh there were plans that were scrapped you know Dick Togo was pushing who was on you know the booking committee for New Japan as well don't keep that in mind um he had been pushing for evil to win the world championship off of Shingo at Wrestle Grand Slam just to win it just so that Shingo could win it back a few months later or a couple of weeks later whatever like a short reign just to establish the house of torture as something thankfully that was vetoed (laughs) that would have been a shit decision um uh but um as it as it stands right here and now um in regards to the uh in regards to what we're doing in the G1 here They're going to want to push their presence, and I'll probably talk about it a little later when we talk about the evil match. Uh, but, um, I to a certain degree, again, this is the kind of thing that when you take a step back and you think about it, and you look at how New Japan books, you under you look at their patterns. Uh, this was pretty good. Uh, This, not pretty good, this made sense, is what I'm trying to say. This made sense in regards to well how they're going to present Ibushi and the house of torture stuff so is this going to be Ujiro's only win in the G1 probably not because yeah I definitely can see he, him and Tangaloa going either way um and you know if if you were to ask me I don't see him when 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 you look at the you know who's in the block with him i don't see him defeating uh naito or kenta uh or shingo right or even or even junior or even zack saber jr i'm not quite sure but you he just defeated kota ibushi so this sort of throws all the pickums in the air right it's like no one had picked Yujiro over ibushi if you did it was one of these pickems where you're just gonna go against conventional wisdom from A to Z right that's essentially it this was a fine match it was all right no, 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 by the way nothing to uh nothing to write home about but um nothing absolutely nothing offensive it was a good opener then we had um the great ocon going over Tongaloa here I like this match. I think I felt that this was a match that over delivered that exceeded my expectations um and uh and I was very pleased about that you know because you get what you have here is you have two big strong guys here that just decide to go at it there was a good spear by Tongaloa uh, that he hit on a running great Ocon that you know that couldn't that can't feel good for anyone uh great Khan eats a great snap suplex on the floor Tongaloa just like just put a lot of torque and it was really good loa works the arms hits a spine buster great Khan hits a gourd buster uh there's a sliding drop kick to Tongaloa while he's in a tree of woe which was also pretty cool um then uh then we get you know we we get a big uh, sequence where there's there, everyone's just slamming each other all around the ring um and commentary puts over the fact that you know that Tongaloa is trying to work the trying to work the hands, the claw, right? Claws are weird finishers in in wrestling. They they really are. I understand, like don't again, don't get me wrong. I understand the the logic behind them. Like if someone inserts their fingers, you know, into your mouth and start pressing down or up, depending. Yeah, there's a lot of sensitive nerves there, and it hurts like hell. And you, you know, they're tugging down at your at your lower jaw at the same time. No, no, I mean nothing. Of course, it's uncomfortable, but you know, as a spectator sport, as something that you're like, especially in an era where we're used to finishers being spectacular or you know, cranking up the 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 nasty to look really really uh, painful. Claws are weird. I really like. Again, I get it, but I feel like Great O' could benefit from a better finisher or more uh, spectacular finisher. But then again, I understand. That's the point. Is that I? I he's he, there's part of of his act which is being a throwback wrestler, being a throwback to the 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 big tough guys of New Japan. That there's you know it's it's not it's not a surprise it's not a not surprise it's not uh, random that he's using uh Mongolian chops as a you know a strict part of his offense Jado gets knocked out awkwardly he was there of course at ringside with uh with Tongaloa uh Tongaloa does um uh, a has a jumping in and a power bomb. But it's a a dominator, I think, that puts Tangaloa away. So you see, even there, pulls out the dominator. I think that's interesting. It looks good on him. Great Okan gets his first win of the G1, and it will not be his last. And I, I'm excited to see what Tangaloa is going to do in this in this tournament. He is my guerrilla of destiny of choice between he and Tama. And this is something that I would never say to Tomatonga's face because I am a coward. But I don't think his in-ring is that great. However, I find that Loa, over the course of the pandemic, was used a little more in singles matches. And uh, I was surprised at uh, at how good he was in the singles role. Pulled up a couple of good matches. Um... I'm excited to see how this goes moving forward for him. I think this, like, he could potentially have a breakout moment in this tournament. So I'm excited for that. But as it stands, he has zero points. By the way, I mean it's just the first, first show, right? And Toru Yanu defeated uh Yanu? Yano. What the hell am I talking about? Toru Yano defeated Kenta, Tor- Yano back in his sublime master thief gear, he, uh, he dyed his hair back, you know, there's no more hardcore, uh, violent, um, uh, 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 Toriyano, no, he's back, back to his goofy self, hawking all of his products, I loved how his entrance was all about, you know, the, it is all about everything that he's hawking that he's a spokesperson of his cookbook whatever and then Kenta comes out with his own uh uh custom introduction which he gives to the ring announcer and he reads it off and uh and you know a lot of it was phony especially you know, uplifting his his um his high school or, or college, uh, 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 sports accomplishments. That was pretty funny. I liked here how Kenta uh, really leaned into the nonsense. Right? That, you you got to appreciate that. I thought that was a lot of fun. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm pretty sure. You see Kenta arrive. You look at him, and I'm like, this dude. I don't think he's looked this good since bumping into new japan is it what is it now two years at this point i honestly don't think he's been in that good a shape like he is in g1 shape there's a couple of guys here right where, where i sort of like oh they uh put in a little extra work here they're okay they're ready kenta looks great like honestly i don't i don't remember how he's looked he hasn't looked that good in a a whole while he didn't look this good in his uh nxt run absolutely and 205 live um and i mean look they, it was the yano match so the yano match is is what it is it, you know it's a it, it it's a it's a palate cleanser it's a little something different it gives a night off to whoever they're wrestling you know referee you know pats down yano to kenta's insistence and he finds tape But then Yano's like, yeah, pat pat that bastard down while you're at it. And referee pats him down and he finds tape on Kenta. Kenta goes for the stall to get under Yano's skin here. And uh, Yano is so fed up because he, you know, because all, all Kenta's doing is is stalling. He's like, he threatens to leave the match. He starts walking up the ramp like, "Ah, I'm done. But then they eventually, Kenta, uh, he... Kenta and he, they they actually could there is a match. Don't worry. They fight up the ramp. Um, there's a roll of tape that's hidden up there and uh threatening to uh to end the match like their G1 match last year, but this time it's Kenta who taped Yano to the uh to the set rigging. And I mean, you know, you get the exposed turnbuckles, ref gets knocked down. There's tape, more and more tape. Look! Um, the, the, the match comes to an end. Look, I'll just wrap it up. The match comes to an end when, um, uh, while the ref is distracted, Yano is able to get a pair of low blows in, and that allows him to do an inside cradle to get the win on Kenta. Look, I like Yano matches because I like Toru Yano. I think he's, I still think he's my spirit animal, and I enjoy, I enjoy the type of comedy wrestling that he brings. I enjoyed this because Kenta isn't uh, too serious to not get involved in it. I liked it. If But this this is the kind of thing where you're like, if you're not into comedy matches, if you're not into Yano matches, you, you're not going to like this. You're not. You just might as well skip it. But for what it was, I thought it was fine. Then we get into the nitty-gritty of all of this uh, great show. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Tetsuya Naito for his own two points here. Naito and Junior Sabre. Junior Sabre. It reminds me of the band Junior Senior. Anyone remember that? Everybody. Feel the beat and move your body. Oh, oh yeah. Whatever. Naito, They have wonderful chemistry. is what I'm trying to say to both of them. Uh, and uh, I like it because this is the kind of match that... Naito has to pull out his ground game uh he tries to he tries to 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 one up our boy our boy Zach here on the on the grappling front but he just can't I mean come on let, let's get real here Sabre has this great sequence I think it's pretty early on in the match where he interrupts the combination cabron with a cravat. Naito sort of drags him down but uh, to to drag uh, drags him to get out of it but Sabre holds on and he hits a great suplex immediately followed by a basement dropkick and it fired him up um, not something you really see all that often out of Sabre this type of combination but it was great um, and it and it was great because it's one of these it's one of these Zack Sabre Jr. matches where he gets really intense and he cranks it up it's his tournament game that's on Zack Sabre Jr. is he's a he's a term he's a tournament (laughs) he's a tournament wrestler is what I'm trying to say but he really is Um, why is it Uh, no oh that's why it's over here trying to pull up a note here and it's not it's not delivering for me There we go. Look, I mean, he's no slouch in the G one because he's averaged ten points in his in his or at least his four previous G ones. This is his fifth. Um, and right now in the block, uh, his ten point average is the third highest in the block between Tetsuya Naito, who's at twelve and Kota Ibushi was at 11.6, um, and of course, he's a, uh, he's a New Japan Cup winner, like, look, Tournament Saber is here for us, and, uh, we're here to enjoy it, this was a lot of fun, um, there's, um, he, he hits at some point a dragon suplex on Naito that looks like, it looked like Naito landed on the crown of his head, um at some point he avoids a destino and wraps a body scissors around him while bending the legs then he starts cranking naito's knee but then naito plants a big ddt to avoid any more damage out of this um and there's also another great sequence where uh, junior hits a sunset powerbomb naito kicks out but saber holds on to the legs then wraps him over into a grapevine which was fantastic um you know naito tries a desperation destino hits it but he can't cover because he's just been mangled by saber so hard um we even get look we even get naito uh striking at at saber until saber hits another dragon suplex and a short ddt but then naito follows it up with a valencia and it all comes to an end when Zack saber jr twists him into okay he does like a Here, look at me trying to explain what Zack Sabre Jr. does here. He he twists him into his legs into an Indian death lock while pulling on the arms all the while applying pressure to his head. I believe, I think there's the consensus online that this is the move that Sabre refers to as yes, I am a long way from home. That's the name of the move. Yes, I am a long way from home. Naito tapped. After desperately trying, resisting, trying to get out of it. Good match. I enjoyed it. Very solid. Very intense. Great pace to this match. And then our main event. Whoo, our boy, Shingo Takagi. Takagi defeated Tamahiro Ishii in uh, the uh, quintessential New Japan Strongman match. I God, I love these. This is right up my alley. This is absolutely the type of match that I adore. It's a strong match from the start. Goes to the floor really quickly. There's a power slam by Ishii right there on the floor. Um, and then you know, at some point they're back in the ring and then there's this great visual of a prone Ishii, you know, he's like on the floor and he's taking like these, these head kicks, these taunting head kicks by Shingo. And then suddenly like Ishii just jumps up and just grabs Ishii, uh, Shingo by the neck and he are like, it's such a good visual. Shingo was just murdering Ishii with the loudest lariats of all time. There was a new and made in Japan attempt that was made, and she used a crucifix bomb to get out of it, and that's not something that we're used to seeing in our boy Tom's arsenal. There was a weird ref bump at some point, and I don't know, I... Like, it didn't didn't interrupt the flow of the match. Like, it didn't... Like, nothing happened, no one tried to get one over another guy, like... There was nothing like you know, Shingo sort of stumbled onto red shoes. Now, I don't know if red shoes decided if this was an accident. And you know, like I said, Shingo tumbles over onto red shoes, and then red shoes, you know, sort of like oh, uh oh, and then sort of takes the bump because he's a professional. Because he he recuperated, like he sold the move, but he got back on his feet fairly early to not miss anything else in the match. So, you know, if that was the case, I appreciated it. They put it in to show that despite the fact that there was a ref bump and that the guys had an opening to do shenanigans, that neither of them did it. And they just, you know, it basically didn't change anything. That's another good, that's a good little detail to add. Otherwise, I'm like, it's weird. Because we're... We're so used to seeing ref bumps uh, play a detrimental part in the outcome of a match where it happens here and we're like, oh, nothing happened? Uh, how how droll kind of thing. Um, but uh, no, it, it, it was really good. We got uh, uh, um, Shingo hits a pop-up death, death, death Valley driver on Ishii. A pop-up Death Valley driver, he lit, He goes like this, Got grabs the guy, boop, pops him into the air, then gets him on his shoulders, and then, I mean, come on! She had all sorts of counters for the last of the dragon throughout the match, but Shingo puts him away after a pumping bomber, more brutality than the last of the dragon. I mean, this was fantastic. Just two guys beating the hell out of each other on a high level. Shingo Tagaki, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Tommy, she, we've been saying this for years. He's He is consistently the G1 MVP. And he's again uh, uh, proving his uh, his worth here again t- uh, today. I, I did block one of uh, the G1. I'm excited for this. I'm excited to see what happens next for both of these guys. I'm really, really excited. This was a really good show. This was a really good show. Everyone, you should definitely take take the time to. And you know what? Here's the thing: is like, like the only thing that is skippable is Kentaniano. But I would argue that you skip it if you're really not into that kind of stuff like if you're really really not into that kind of stuff because if you are this was great it was a lot of fun and i'll tell you shingle versus ishii i would even go as far as to say sort of go out of your way to see it i th- this was a tremendous match it was a tremendous match, and if you felt like New Japan has been hasn't been quite up to snuff, hasn't been like at the you know the tippy top that you usually expect it to be at, I think this is this is one that will uh, reconcile your love or give you hope because this was the, like I said quintessential, quintessential New Japan strong man just beating the tar out of each other match. Loved it. Let's go on to night two started off with a match that i was um dreading i'm not going to lie evil yoshi versus yoshi hyphen hashi um and like i was talking about earlier right i was fully expecting this one to be you know a match where dick togo and the booking committee were going to lean really really hard into trying to get evil and the house of torture over as bad guys so i was like this is just going to be a ridiculous series of interference and shenanigans turns out i was kind of right but not as not as bad as i expected and yoshihashi look you guys know my thoughts on yoshihashi I think he's. I think he's a very competent professional wrestler. I think he has his his main trouble is that he doesn't connect with the audience. The boy has about of as much charisma as this mug, right? I would even argue that the mug, because of the little uh, H monogram here, has more charisma than Yoshi Hashi. But here to. But the thing is, is that when we saw it at the G One last year where Yoshihashi had a fantastic performance, even though he was, uh, he, he was, um, well, not a lot, annihilated, he, well, yeah, he wasn't annihilated, well, he didn't score any points, right, isn't, he, didn't he finish with zero last year, or he finished with four, he got two wins last year, good for him, uh, didn't quite start off. Didn't start off quite the same way this year as he lost to Evil. Um, but uh, okay. So he worked really, really hard. They both did. Even Evil, yeah, put some back into it and was like, oh, okay. Was he talking to his uh, work rate wife? She was saying, you gotta up your work rate. Work rate, husband. He looked at her and he's like, "Fine." <laughs> I don't know. Now this was this was a a solid professional wrestling match, and both guys worked really really hard. Uh, kudos to Yoshihashi for working as hard as he did on this one too. Now, early up, we get shenanigans from Dick Togo, like really early in the match where he tries to trip up Yoshihashi, and I'm like, "Ah, here we go, here we go," and and we do get we do get uh a lot of these things you know you get eye rakes by evil you know the, the, your typical heel stuff right and then the whole gimmick with the timekeeper and evil tossing people into the timekeeper's table on the guardrail hard enough so that the guardrail will topple over the timekeeper's table onto the timekeeper they're keeping that gimmick going Even does a he so he beats up Yoshihashi there on the floor, even gets a sharpshooter on there. What does he call it? The darkness scorpion? Or the is that or the shadow scorpion? I kind of laughed when I heard the name. I was like, nah. Uh, it, you know, it's bad enough right now that there is a division in the world of wrestling as to whether to call the move a sharpshooter or a scorpion deathlock. Our boy Evil can decide to call it the 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 dark scorpion. Or the Shadow Scorpion. I don't remember. But it was something it was something like that it has to do with, you know, darkness and, and evil. I was like, no, we're not throwing we're not throwing a third one into this one, into this 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 already uh tiresome discussion. Um he um he beats uh that's he so basically you know he was trying to get the count out win, but Yoshihashi beat the the count. Yoshihashi even kicks out of Darkness Falls counters from out of everything is evil into the butterfly lock the most t- terrifying move in all of professional wrestling i've been told by wrestlers that when applied properly and i'm not going to say who i spoke with about this but we did have a, a bit of a jest and this isn't recent right it's you know, So, if applied properly, the butterfly lock is a proper stretch for a wrestler. It's one where you go, oh, okay, this hurts. But then when I counted, when I counted, I said, well, what about Yoshihashi's butterfly lock? And they're like, no, he doesn't, he doesn't do it right. (laughs) Because he doesn't, the trick, I'm not good. I feel like, I, I feel like I talk about the butterfly lock in depth every time. I'm not gonna do it this time. <laughs> Yoshiyashi has a big comeback sequence where he fights off Togo. There's some ref interference. He's really he's really fired up. Uh, Dick Togo gets in the ring again, distracts evil as he get as he gets rolled up for the visual pin for the audience. It's like, oh, Yoshiyashi just defeated evil, but then that leads to a low blow. Everything, it's evil and it's done. Evil wins. Uh it's all about establishing a house of torture, right? This is what it was for. Yoshihashi out the gate here. Your job was to make sure that you could to show that you can beat evil, but that evil has Dick Togo in his corner and it's just going to be ridiculous the whole way through. And honestly, the the interference I, I I know there's been times where Dick Togo interference has been worse. But this, there was still a lot of it in here. And then, you know, you think back and you go back like at Yujiro, who cheated, right? Didn't get any outside interference, but he did cheat a couple of times to get a relatively, I'd say a, an 85% clean win on um, on Ibushi. And then, which is a statement, and then you get Kenta, Kenta cheats as well, but never has any Bullet Club outside interference as well to to sort of prop him up. I don't know, man. But a good opener, solid, it it was a super solid match. Jeff Cobb defeated Chase Owens to get on the board uh, early on in this uh, tournament as well. I really like this match. I thought this was a blast and it was the kind of blast that helps set the tone for one of your main for a main character of this G1 which is going to be Jeff Cobb Owens right out the gate he's like I'm gonna take you down so as soon as the bell rings Owens just charges Cobb but Cobb is an immovable force Jeff Cobb he's 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 a pillar. He's like he's a living statue. You don't just toss that guy around when you want. He's probably made of granite. Owen tries to pick a, to pick a pick him apart, but it's not working. Cobb is too strong. So Chase Owens switches his game around. He's like, okay, I'm going to rely on my speed. Once he gets back in control, because Jesus, Cobb hits that. He started doing these these crazy uh belly to belly uh suplex overhead suplexes on the floor where he just like lifts up and then he releases and the dude just flies Plam, and lands on the floor and it is a nasty ass spot i love it though he has owens over his shoulder and he's running from corner to corner just manhandling him uh owens then that's it at that point Quickly changes his game to use his speed. It's an effective strategy. It keeps him in firm control of Cobb for a while. Um, hits a standing neckbreaker too. Uh, he goes for the jewel heist. That's countered into a belly-to-belly suplex, which was phenomenal. We even get an Oklahoma Stampede by Cobb. Uh, he does a standing moonsault as well. Owens, Owens is all is all about the V triggers now. He's just he's just. Uh, he's just uh, 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 uncorking them V triggers like he is a like he's a world champion. <laughs> Owens he actually hits a V trigger followed by a jewel he- heist. Excuse me, Cobb kicks out of him, uh, but it's a huge elbow followed by a kick that leads into a tour of the islands that gets the win for Cobb here. Owens is done solid match really really solid match and like i said this is the kind of match that helps establish one of the key players of block b just like they did with evil in 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 uh, at the start of the uh at the start of the uh the the evening or like they did with kota ibushi but on the flip side right saying okay kota ibushi is good this is the story we're telling with him he might not be ready great O'con establishing him as a as a character as a major player in this tournament as well like these are these are the tales that they're starting to tell here jeff cobb if you have put jeff cobb high in your uh in your pickums wherever you decided to make them perhaps you made them on the uh, mr warren Hayes show uh perhaps you've made them on the mr warren Hayes show discord which is awesome if you did um i think you're going to be well served I think you're going to be very well served. Um, This is uh, Cobb's third. And he has ended both of his previous G1s with eight points. I think he's going to score. I think he's going to be in double digits easily this year. I think he's going to be in a spoiler position on top of that. Because let's not forget on the last night of the G1, he is scheduled to fight Kazuchika Okada. I'm going to get to Okada in a minute. Uh, and and what i think is what i think is being drawn up for our our boy kazu i think um I, i i sincerely think that Cobb here is going to be uh is going to do really really good and he is going to uh he's going to he's going to soar in this g1 probably even higher than um probably even higher than in other circumstances Here's some and here's a cool stat. He has never fought Hiroshi Tanahashi, of course, in the G1. Of course. He's gonna have first time matches with Tanahashi, Sonata, Tamatanga, Yoshihashi. I it's pretty dope. He's one and two against Hiroki Goto, and I think I think he's not going to stay with a losing record against Goto this year. I like honestly, I don't think he's good. The boldest predictor predictors out there are putting Jeff Cobb as winning block B, but I I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, this was a really good match. Uh Senada defeated Tamatanga in a match which completely surprised me. I did not see this coming. And uh as much as I was talking earlier about uh how Tongaloa is my my gorilla of destiny of choice as far as singles guys go um I think he has more of an upside I think he's more well-rounded than uh Tamatanga is Tamatanga put on a great performance here and this was not one of these snoozing sonata matches where you know you, stuff is supposed to happen but every you know it's just so slow for everything to sort of get cranking and you're like are we ever gonna get going here no this was a good fun paced match i liked it it was actually an even match this is what i would call it this is what this was a match where we had two guys who were on the uh on the same level very very even level uh level playing field here um Tama even got so fired up, he took off his gear. Wrestled in his bare chest. Much to the delight of Kevin Kelly was like, I don't know why this guy keeps his uh, physique all hidden from us. Why would you? I'm like, Kevin, bonk, Kevin, bonk. Tamatanga suckers Sonata into shaking his hand. That backfires on Sonata, of course, and then they do another spot. Like they do a, some back and forth, and then uh, Tamatanga sort of sh- he says, "Shake my hand." You know, we just did a great spot. He says it audibly, "We just did a great spot. Shake my hand." And Sonata's was like, "I'm not sure you, you, you know, you screwed around with me the first time." So Tamatanga goes on the turnbuckle to sort of s- celebrate with the crowd. He's like, "Yeah, wasn't that great?" And then he, after he, once he's done, he gets back down and he offers Sonata, "Why don't you go up and do the same thing?" And Sonata climbs up. He goes, "Yeah, like that," which allows Tamatanga to go sucker to sucker him into a move right backstab him because you know what are you talking about so is this the first time Sonata is fighting Bullet Club because Jesus I thought the pace here like I said was really good and Tama had these great bouts of explosiveness then like slowing down to sort of like a heel pace but then coming back with more fierceness he he really was alive in this match I really liked it Tama Tanga got paradise locked I appreciate the paradise lock I think it's good and I I appreciate Sonata wanting to take the time to make sure that people understand that his that the paradise lock is not just a, you know, it's not a silly move kind of thing. You know, it's it's something that uh uh that should be feared and that once you're in it, you're really stuck. So he takes his time, right? He goes up, you know, he sort of, you know, waddles away, leans up against the ropes. He's like, there's one of these gets a breather and he goes like this to the audience before finally doing the basement dropkick in the ass to break up the thing right but i feel like the longer it takes the dumber it becomes because at some point you're like nah I, like i get it but also this is too long now this it's, it's we're, we're it's getting silly here Anyway. um There was really some great counter-wrestling here too, like, you know, Sonata does the springboard into the standing dragon sleeper, and that's reversed into a suplex that Sonata then reverses back into the dragon sleeper, which was cool, he even does a, uh, he even blocks a a Tongan twist into a magic killer using the top rope, which was great, um... There's this great near fall when Sonata hits the moonsault and but uh Tomatonga lifts his knees and then rolls him up into a small package. I thought, like at this point, I was like, okay, anything can happen in this G1 so far. So it was like, But no, he kicked out. Couple of more reversals. Sonata wins with an or- with an Oconnor roll. I thought this ruled. I thought that was really, really good. Much better. Much better than I expected. Um And it's a good, like I said, good early showing for Tamatonga, who ends up looking really strong. Because the thing, like I said, this was a match where both guys were on even footing. Neither one of these guys had extended periods of being in control. It was a back and forth, highly paced match. This was a cardio match. So this is one where you can't, immediately rule out Tamatanga and says oh he's taking the L's for the rest of the tournament you just you can't at this point very interesting setup here excited to see how the how this keeps going Sonata gets the early two uh here in the tournament Taichi our lord defeated Hiroki Goto not the first time these two boys meet each other uh this spills to the floor very quickly Goto Uses the camera cable on Tai Chi, right, which is usually Tai Chi's thing. But soon thereafter, when things go back onto the floor, Tai Chi gets his revenge and chokes him out with with cable. You know, you know that wasn't going to stand. Uh, tai Chi starts delivering yes kicks, and uh, so the 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 pace that Goto was starting to establish slows down. Uh, it's a very offensively back and forth match between uh, both guys here. Um because they know each other very well at this point an axe bomber by tai chi is soon responded by a which was great and uh, and they there's a there's a whole sequence where they just trade leg kicks and strikes at each other and then they try to lariat each other down and this nice long extended sequence and it's attrition at this point and it was really really good because they were both trying to get the advantage on each other because you know whoever whichever man got it it wouldn't it just wouldn't last long hell you even had Goto wanting to win this pulls out the Shouten Kai just because he's like "I, I gotta win this one couldn't quite put Taichi away in fact Taichi counters multiple GTR attempts and eventually hits the Black Mephisto for the win so good for him uh, good for taichi to get uh, to get his first two goto as well um i i think taichi's going to have a pretty good i think he's going to have a pretty good G1 one out of the tag champs you know he's he you know he is being pushed right you know the the guy is being pushed so why wouldn't you want to give him some some shine here I think Goto's going to be on the short end of the stick this year. He had a good G1 last year. Good, not great. I think this year, I don't know. What are they doing with Goto? What have they, like outside of the six-man never tag titles, which is, which I don't give a shit about. And frankly, frankly, uh, uh, let's be honest with each other. You and I right now, okay? Let's, Let's talk about it. Do you really give a shit about the 6 man never tag titles in New Japan? Everyone keeps saying, Oh, well, it's Yoshihashi's first title. Uh, Good for him. I still don't give a shit. (laughs) Oh, but uh, the Chaos guys here are probably the best uh, three uh, trios champs they've ever had. Fine. Still sucks. No interest. Why would I care? Like, it's prelim basic basic prelim stuff the titles are an excuse to have trios matches i get it i get it it's not interesting like honestly there's nothing that can get me there there you'd have to really shift the balance as to who is owning the trios titles for it to really become interesting or turn them into like legitimate like faction warfare titles. You know? Between Chaos and the Bullet Club and Suzuki-gun and the United Empire. Who by the way, just today at Rev Pro. They added Aussie Open. As Will Will Ospreay was, was wrestling. Aussie Open ran in. They tried to. Look. They turned there, and they've joined the United Empire. It's a whole other thing, but yeah. So maybe, maybe that'll be something down the down the road as well. Ah, look, we'll see what happens. I'm going off track with the six man tags, but the um, this was a very strong match again, a very, 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 very good match, which I recommend highly. And then we get to the main event, Kensuke Okada. Getting his two over perennial rival, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Giving us the goods straight out the gate, night one of B block. And with reason. And again, this is another match that established one of a story. This is what's going to happen with your main players, this is what's going to happen moving forward now. Because, okay, first and foremost, Kazuchika Okada looked great. Great. I put over earlier how great uh, Kenta looked. Okada. Incredible! Rainmaker Okada. fantastic shape. And you know what? Here's the thing. These guys have fought 75,000 times. (laughs) Right? Or something like that. I'm close. Something close like that. But every time it's meaningful. And do you know why it's meaningful, folks? I'll tell you. Because Every time, they make the match matter. it ha- They have all the history between Okada and Tanahashi to, to fall back on. It started back in two- 2012, right? If I'm not mistaken. All the way back there. They can all play with that. And then on top of that, you have the phenomenal job that Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton are doing to put over the history just to make sure that you are playing along these guys fill you in on everything they make you feel like this match is important it's not by grabbing a microphone and saying big night feel big match feel tonight that's not how you make a match feel big you make a match feel big by investing into it by making it matter not just by saying Oh, there's a big big match field tonight. Those are just words. They're words until the feeling is actually there. And this happened again. Some fantastic stuff. They even emphasized the fact that Tanahashi never really had to deal with the money clip. Was he going to be able to deal with the money clip tonight? Well, he did. He was able some point midway through the match Okada tries to sink it in Tanahashi's like no way pal he resists he, you think at some point he's going to pass out but no he gets like this burst of energy and is like Argh. some back and forth gut wrenches between them both which was really cool ends up with Okada hitting a tombstone he goes for the Rainmaker, Tanahashi counters with a sunset flip, but Okada sits down for the near fall. They got me on that one. And then, and then, the brilliant part of this match, the thing that just puts everything over here, that on top of the story that they're trying to tell, you get the time limit that kicks in. Then you start hearing that five minutes to the end. I'm like, oh, shit. Are we gonna have a draw? Are we going to the draw? So on top of this, on top of this, we might just go to a draw here. And here's something important that we need to underscore here. Because here's part of the stories that we're telling here. Kazuchika Okada, for the better part of a year to 18 months, his story was like, is he done? is Kazuchika Okada done is he no longer the rainmaker is he no longer the greatest IWGP champion of all time like is it time for him to to just like fade out into the sunset because he was having unspectacular matches in very weird conditions wasn't seemed disinterested didn't put in the work like well maybe he's done that was the story right a lot of people thought that that was legit, just about as legit as the fact that he was wrestling with a fucking back, a hernia. Jesus Christ, people. <laughs> and I remember reading the reports and I was like, there's no way he's wrestling with a hernia. Like, I know people who have had hernias and couldn't even fucking sit up. And we're talking like, not these excruciating like not a slip disc just a, a hernia fucking hurts people there's no way he was going around the ring doing fucking uh drop kicks with a back hernia and then tanahashi comes off of last year's g1 right Tanahashi's, uh, um, let me see here, Tanahashi's points average is 11, okay? That's his it, 11 point average over the last five tournaments. It's the second highest average points per tournament behind whom? Kazuchika Kata at 12.6. So, and last year, Hiroshi Tanahashi arguably had one of the worst G1 outings he's had in a while. Eight points. Only won four matches last year. So he himself is coming into this G1 with maybe a little something to prove. Sure, he comes in US champion. That's fine. But maybe he's like, yeah, you know what? I've got a bit of history that I need to erase. I need to. I'm if I'm still the ace of New Japan this should be a cakewalk here I should be going through this whereas Kazuchika Okada is like I've got to prove something right and he just lost a match to Jeff Cobb not that long ago just a couple of weeks ago right so the question that we all had is is this is this our is this our man is this Okada is this our Okada and on top of those stories you get the five minute warning you get the time that starts playing against it you get commentary who starts getting a little antsy about it as well you get uh tanahashi uh tanahashi tanahashi reversing a rainmaker into an inside cradle for a really close near fall as we hit the two minute warning he hits a dragon suplex with the bridge So Okada's shoulders are on the mat. Okada kicks out at one. At one. Like motherfucker. And I'm. I am up on my feet. Legit. You know what else? I forgot to mention it. You know what else got me up on my feet. Watching the G1 this weekend. When Tomohiro Ishii and Shingo. We're dropping each other, doing back body drivers on each other, like, and I was like, and they were popping right back up. I got up out of my seat twice watching this tournament this weekend. So we're within two minutes. We get a dragon sleeper from Hiroshi Tanahashi, pin pin pinning combination into a bridge. Kazuchika Okada kicks out at one. They slug it out. Tanahashi hits the ropes, Okada dropkicks him, picks him up, pile driver, Rainmaker. If that is not the most classic Rainmaker finish in the world that we just got, and if that doesn't signify to you that Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada is with us, he's back, he, he's, I don't know what to tell you. And that's what they wanted to establish. Is that we're not getting a half-assed Kazuchika Kata this year. You know what, folks? Here is my bold-ass prediction. Kazuchika Kata is not losing a single match in the block. I already called... My prediction was for him winning the block. But after seeing his match with Tanahashi, seeing what he did in that match, I swear he is... uh, It goes beyond just winning the block he is not losing a single match he's going all the way and why wouldn't you why would you not turn right around head into Wrestle Kingdom and be like look we're we're just going to use we're going to use our top guys we're just going to use our top guys the gaijin are all aside from a handful of them they're all over in North America they're doing other other things they're fed up they're happy right now they're happy let them do their thing the Jay Whites the uh Jay white and and, and juice Dave Finley they're fine so we'll turn to our guys here we'll turn we'll look inward and we'll use we'll use the the the, the value the the, the the wrestlers that have the true significant value because I know this is what New Japan is banking on. They're hoping that by the time Wrestle Kingdom comes around, restrictions have been lifted and they can pack houses. Kazuchika Okada is a draw. And I know this is the kind of discussion that goes completely off the rails when you start talking about who is a draw in pro wrestling. I would dare anyone to prove the opposite in regards to Kazuchika Okada, he is a proven box office draw. He is a money guy. Anyone else, I think we can have proper discussion, some arguments, but people will pay money to see one of the greatest of all time wrestle. Why wouldn't you pin your hopes on him? Why wouldn't you drive him straight, straight to Wrestle Kingdom? touch wood okay let's hope that everything let's hope that no one else starts falling to the wayside you know that we start losing more people because of covid because of these goddamn restrictions because japan can't get their fucking act together and roll out the vaccine properly let's just hope that it let's just hope that everything can stay on this path it feels like they have contingency plans set up that they're ready to react if something were to go wrong. But this match here, let's let's come back right now. This match here ruled. And it is look, it's not fuck. I'm trying to think of the Wrestle Kingdom where it happened. Ah. Uh, the one where they worked the legs. That that like the, the Okada Tanahashi match where they worked the legs—I can't remember for the life of me which one it was. I'm sorry, um, but that match is like considered like the greatest one, right? Like that's the tippy top epitome of Okada Tanahashi matches. It's not their—it's not their greatest match that they had last night, but it is one. It is one of the good ones. It's better than when was the last time they had a really bad one or a, not a, not a great one? I don't know. I don't look. It doesn't matter. It was a good match, but it's like because Okada Tanahashi matches I feel we have to grade them on a curve because the expectations are so high where you're like you know well we have to knock it you know it's not as great as but a not as great as match for Okada and Tanahashi is like umpteen times better than anything else you can get from anyone anywhere at any given moment want to say hello to frets and mr mr frets and evan in the chat who are trying to figure out which wrestle kingdom i like i honestly don't remember which one it was i remember the match but i don't remember which wrestle kingdom it was i apologize i'm terrible with pay-per-view names and numbers and shit like that i really am um and he, and so the so the wild part here is that we end up with this tournament kicking off with kazuchika okada like in his final form mode you know it's like (laughs) this is the guy who carried that belt for such a long time who was like this is who we got this is this is exactly the guy we got and the minute he took off his robe this is how everyone should have seen is like oh shit okay he's going to destroy everything moving forward because this was it My two takeaways here, Block B, this was another great show. I, I, honestly, Block A, Block B, Nights One, Nights One and Two were easy watches, all entertaining. Again, the Yano Kenta stuff, you can easily skip over it if comedy wrestling makes you wretch, okay? Other than that, completely entertaining, wonderful evenings. And as strong as everyone, including myself, was saying that Block A was going to be and a, that Block B was going to suck wind because there's only two, maybe three people there that can carry the Block. Block B was the better show overall. Like if you really have a choice, watch Block B. If you if you really have limited amounts of uh, of time, watch the main events. Watch Shingo and, and Ishii on night one. Watch uh, uh, Okada and Tanahashi on night two. Everything else is gravy. It's not, and it's not like things that you must avoid. The rest of the card is not things you must that that you have to avoid. I thought I, like I said, Zack Saber Jr. and Naito, I thought was fantastic. I thought Tamatanga and Sanada had a great pace, fast-paced match on even footing guys. I thought it was great um if you if, and 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 let's not forget uh no i already said uh, night one like the just good stuff it's been it's been a a good way to start off the G1 and so that my so my first takeaway is i said i had two takeaways so my first takeaway is block b shockingly enough fantastic best best of the two nights so far And you've got two incredibly great matches in the two main events. Absolutely fantastic. My second takeaway, I'm excited to watch the rest of the G1. As I said at the start, I was a little apprehensive coming into it because of the state of New Japan right now, which is, which is half and half their fault and not but I'm excited for the rest now, now I'm invested, they got me, they got me, because they have world-class talent, who can tell amazing in-ring stories, and who can perform, and who have the work rate to back it up, it's just, it's New Japan, it's just New Japan, so what do we have coming up next uh the next two nights that we have set up here are going to be on thursday september 23rd and friday september 24th so in a little less than a week from when we're recording right now we are going to have toriyano it's a uh, block a to begin with toriyano versus great okan kenta versus yujiro takahashi the tokyo Pimp. Tetsuya Naito versus Tanga Loa, Kota Ibushi versus Tamahiro Ishii, and Shingo Tagaki versus Takagi. Jesus Warren versus Zack Saber Jr. On September twenty fourth, Block B is going to be uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Hiroki Goto, Tama Tonga versus Chase Owens, Yoshihashi versus Jeff Cobb, Senada versus Taichi. and Kazuchika Okada versus Evil. I'm really invested in Block B now. I'm super excited about Block B. I think there's a lot of great parts here. And with Block A too, it's just Block B was so much of a detriment. How do I see this? Why don't I shoot out a couple of predictions real fast? Uh, uh, Let's go back to Thursday. Block A. Uh, I think Great Okana is going to defeat Toru Yano. uh, After I think uh, Kenta is going to get one over Yujiro. Um... Or, hang on a second. What if... No, I think Kenta gets one over Yujiro. I think Kenta gets one over Yujiro here. Um, Naito should defeat Tangaloa. Kota Ibushi. See, this is interesting. I, I would see Ishii getting a win over Ibushi here. To continue to, to continue this story that Ibushi isn't quite ready. But I think Ibushi might have a good final stretch We'll see what happens. And Shingo's going to defeat Zack Sabre Jr. As far as Block B goes, I would go with uh, Tanahashi defeating Goto. Tamatanga, I think, will get one over Chase Owens. Yoshihashi versus Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb is defeating Yoshihashi, that's for sure. Uh, Taichi and Sonata is going to be interesting considering the context. They both came off of fun wins. Um this one's a little a little harder to call. Do you I'll go with Tai Chi. If only because, you know, tag team push and all. And Okada defeats evil. I'm telling you guys. I think I honestly feel that they're that they did such a good job telling the story of that match, of that main event. Kazuchika Kata is not losing a single match this year. He's steamrolling everyone. I think he's back, baby. There you have it. There we go. So that's how we are going to wrap this up. So I will be back on Friday with another uh with another recap. As I as I mentioned, I'll be doing these, uh I'll be doing this for every two blocks every two nights so just so that i can talk about block a and block b within one in one sitting here so i'm excited to do that again i'm super looking forward to it now it feels like g1 season now can and what more do you want because g1 season rocks man it really does i want to thank everyone who joined me today and who are watching right now or listening to this on your favorite podcast application as well consider a subscription if you feel like i deserve it or not no if i deserved it and do give the video a like as well or uh drop us a review on your favorite podcast app that would be awesome in the meantime i hope everyone has a great week g1 is with us we'll see you next time